Hello everyone, my name is Dominic. My name is Jonathan. And welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the show where the two of us discuss our thoughts on a film of our choosing. And keeping up with our horror theme for the month of October, today we are looking at Alien. So Alien was directed by Ridley Scott with a release date of May 25th, 1979. The running time was 1 hour and 57 minutes in the genre of science fiction horror. The stars for this film are Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. So for the plot of Alien, uh, as given by Google, in deep space, the crew of the commercial starship Nostromo is awakened from their cryo-sleep capsules halfway through their journey home to investigate a distress call from an alien vessel. The terror begins when the crew encounters a rest a nest of eggs inside the alien ship. An organism from inside an egg leaps out and attaches itself to one of the crew, causing him to fall into a coma. I'm really curious to see what you think about this film because, um, like I've told you before, it, well, I've seen the film before and you haven't seen it. Yeah, this is my first time seeing the film. Yeah, so I, I'm really curious to see what you thought overall. And like I've also said... This is one of those films that I told myself I would never watch again. The very first time I saw it, I said to myself, I'm never going to watch this film again. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like old uh, school gory, if that makes sense, with uh, some of the uh, scares it has with Alien. You know, the the figure that's trying to uh, kill them all uh, throughout the story. Yeah. It's definitely, um, when I say about old school gore, it's like, uh, they don't have this um, cinem- not cinematic what's it called? Uh, CGI there you go oh, yeah, uh, yeah. CGI it's all practical yeah so this is all here and it kind of looks a little weird at some points but like it's 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 fine for the most part uh, I was excited to see this film okay and, and mm-hmm. overall I think I enjoyed it but I, I do think that Overall, at the end, it kind of got too overly complex than what it actually needed to be. And when I say that, it's, it started off as really uh, slow and not necessarily a bad thing. So yeah, it yeah, starts off okay. it starts off slow and really simple. So right, our 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 group or crew of uh, people on the starship, right, they are you know awakened in space, and you know. Obviously, just go to a distress a distress call and go to check it out, right? Mm. And it's human curiosity, so that we, you know, want to see what this planet's like and what happened here, and try to figure out the puzzle, you know, in this um or the mystery in right. this uh, film. Yes, and I think it did a well a well job of setting up that uh hook for audience or uh, like any audience to really gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And then it, I guess. Throughout the the film, it, it kind of sped up when we knew that something was there to um, harm them. And I think that's where it kind of like fell apart. That's Yeah, that's where it fell apart for the, the film, I think, uh, for me at least. So it, it, like it did a good job in um, being scary, right, in, in those uh, realms. I think, I think what helped it was... The fear of the unknown was the driving 
horror for this film. And I think at the beginning, not knowing what was going to happen really um, amplified that fear for a viewer like me. Right. But once it was okay, we figured out what this alien was. Well, we, they didn't really figure it out, right? But I think it was more we were able to see it and possibly track it down. But I don't think our um, cast was able to, I guess, rise to the occasion, if that makes sense. I, I, that's putting it to a little bit harshly, but because, you know, they would be fearing like, um, you know, this is some unknown entity. You know, what would you do in their shoes? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the fact that. I wanted to see more about these characters because I I don't I didn't feel as if we really knew any of them to a great extent and I think if we uh, allowed time in the film because this film was uh, really short at least I felt like it was only an hour and fifty seven minutes which yeah close to two hours yeah, yeah close to two hours I felt like they could have easily you know added thirty minutes to this film if they needed to just to uh, flesh out character development because I feel as if Sure, we did get some some of it through dialogue and such, but right. I think that once the alien appeared, um, it really picked up the pace and like, okay, kill number one, kill number two, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, so once once we get got into that rhythm, I felt like it wasn't um, scary. I was like, okay, I know that this is, I guess, for my eyes, I don't like overpowered villains in that realm. Because I don't know what they stand for or what, you know, it's supposed to be. And I, I guess that just makes me irritated, you know? And so you're saying you want to know what the alien stood for in order in order for it to be to your liking? No, no, no. It, it's more like why why watch this? Yeah, why watch at one an easy one-sided battle when you know it's one-sided and the other side has no chance in you know, doing anything? I disagree in you saying that it, it was easy. I don't think it was an easy one-sided battle. You don't um, think so? I, I, I thought the alien no. killed them with ease. No. Well, I think that the way that it has to get there, but I'll get back to this in a moment. I do want to go back to what you did say earlier when you said that they could have e- easily added 30 minutes to the to the runtime. It's funny that you say that because the actual runtime for the original, original cut was... Th- uh, like oh, close to four hours, and they ended up cutting just under two. So the original was around like four hours because it was quite slow, and they had a lot more in there. Um, so they had a lot of time, but they ended up cutting it. And honestly, I think for good reason. And I'll get into that later. the 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 second thing being that when you talked about characters and how you wish that they could have fleshed them out more with that added or that added or extra time. I don't think we needed, I don't think we needed like a whole backstory on the characters. I think we got, I think we got a little bit based off of their job, um, based on the ship and we got a little bit out of them. Sure. We didn't get to, I agree. We didn't get a chance to really know them, but I think the idea being is that all of them have a job to do on this ship and I think most people can relate to just simply having a job to do at some point in their life, right? And they have to accomplish that. So I think in, in just in terms of that, people could relate to it. And I think that even if we needed some more 
if we got if we received more from the characters and learned more about them, I don't think it would have done anything or much to change how you felt about them or the movie. I think that we got just enough to where it, it was it, it to where it was relatively enough. Um, what was the last thing you said? You said characters, and then oh, and I and for in terms of like being in a one sided battle, sure, yeah, it was a one sided battle, but uh, because the alien was uh, obviously killing them one by one. But I think just this idea of we don't know how or when and where was that that uh, scare factor to it because the alien could kill them anywhere at any place at any time. Um, so I don't think we, I don't think we need to know the, like, the, like, uh, or like, I know how you said that you didn't really like, or you typically don't like when the villain or the antagonist is overpowered against our protagonists. But in, in terms of this film, I think we don't really, we can't really get a sense of what the alien stood for, okay? That's one thing we got to establish. We're not going to just have this establishment of what the alien's supposed to stand for. Uh, I think it's mainly just supposed to be a killing machine, and I think it's best to just leave it at that. And I think I think that's okay, especially in terms of this film. I think it is enough. Sure, but like, I, I think I think with adding backgrounds to your uh protagonist it helps outweigh not knowing the antagonist um meaning so yeah i understand that we're obviously not going to get anything out of uh the alien right because it's an alien some right. unknown being right that's, exactly that's, it's supposed to be the, the scare factor but yes um i don't know if you can really uh I just feel like every every person should have been like, oh, a big factor. And I, I think at some points they were, right? But uh I guess I guess when it comes to like horror films, I I want it to be where every loss meant something. Not to say that like, oh, you know, because when people die, people die and it, it sucks for everybody, you know, uh happening, right? Right. But like um at the same time, like let's uh, look at the first kill uh, for as an example. Not not the the guy it killed when he grew out of the uh, his like abdomen, right? Not that I'm not gonna count that. Okay, I'm gonna count the second guy who was looking but, for the cat, right? Uh, that that kill felt oh. pointless, right? I think I think for the viewers, uh, it's easy to get yourself out of the uh, or just what was it called? Um, just not dispelling from reality. Um, what's that term that everybody says when you're trying to like suspending disbelief? Yeah, yeah. It you can just uh, you can't really just dis, uh, suspend your disbelief when it comes to a kill like that because everybody knows when you're watching, you know, oh, this person's dead because they they left and from the group, right? Yeah. And they're chasing down this cat who doesn't need to be there. Yeah. It was like what happened there? I can agree with you on that. It, it definitely felt like a, uh, well, obviously the cat's a plot device. It's a, it's to get, uh, right. another character, you know, out into it, the open and then it just felt, the alien it, will it, strike. It, it felt, uh, simple and I guess 
in some ways cheap for like, oh, of course, you know, they're, look, they're gone. Look, so when I watched the film again, um, I definitely tried to, in, in my head, I really tried to keep it in terms of when it was released and these kind of stereotypes or these these tropes that you see a lot in horror films now and these plot devices and these setups they weren't a thing in 79 so when i think about it in that way i think about it that's the way i think about it it's like you got to keep it in context of when the film was released sure i will agree with you that yes we every, like everyone saw this coming when brett the character that you're talking about when he went into that one room to find the cat and we knew he was gonna he was gonna get killed. We all, we obviously knew. Mm. But when I think about it, uh, especially in terms of analysis, yes, I got to think about it in terms of today too and how it's held up. But understand that there are certain things that I'm I think about just in terms of the time, and you got to give it. You know, you can't blame it for taking these like stereotypes because it didn't take from any stereotype. Well, it's in some ways it did, but like. Uh, for the most part, though, these are things that haven't even been established yet in the horror genre. Right. I, I don't want to seem like, oh, I, oh, this film's, you know, a disaster or whatnot. No, 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 no. Uh, I like this film, and I think it, it uh, especially at the beginning, it did a well job of actually setting up our world and where we're at, right? We didn't need more to know more of, like, their past mission or whatever whatever they're coming back from, right? Because they completed it successfully and they were on their way home, right? That's all we needed, right, for the, for those people. And then, oh, a distress call, of course, humans would uh, see what's up, right? Right. Because uh, we're curious beings and then uh, continue further in, into that mystery, right? That makes total sense. And we spent a lot of time at the beginning of the film to flesh that out. Mm -hmm. And um, going to, like... Obviously, the world was uh, looked neat. You know, all the spaceships, the world that we really see, right? right. With uh, all this uh, technology, all this. Maybe we're in the future of some sort. I don't we know are. if it was uh, specified. But uh, I thought it was all believable, right? Mm. I thought all the set stuff, it, it was believable to be in this world, right? I think I think I want to give it that and uh, the pacing at the beginning. But I, think, I do think... Uh, because I, without watching it uh, ever before, right, I saw Alien as, okay, I really respect it for what it did in, like, the horror sci-fi genre, right? Sure. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be, like, groundbreaking stuff. And it was, you know, not to get me wrong, but I don't think you can say it was, like, a masterpiece, masterpiece when it comes to the, how, I think it was too quickly, you know? Again, I was totally immersed in this world at the beginning and learning what they were going to learn and how they're going to solve this alien factor. Cause I knew an alien was going to come and get them. Right. Right. <laughs> Hence the name. <laughs> right. Right. But I think, I think it went, when it comes to the horror aspect mm -hmm. of, uh, uh, killing our main protagonists. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it went too quickly, um, for anybody to like actually think, anything of the characters of the, like the loss or anything like that. Right. It all went bam, 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 you know, first person's dead, second person's dead, third person's dead. And then, you know, we get to the final thing. And I think it was, um, not like a, a disservice, but like, I think they did so well in establishing this at the beginning 
it, it saddens me to see that it kind of like for like a back of letter words because it was a movie you know it had a speed up i would have loved to see you know two you know and like not two but like an hour more you know of uh added uh character development to to these people because uh, again i thought the world around them felt like okay i could get into it right i, I was it was believable sure and i just felt like they did as uh, towards like the climax of the film it was it very much felt like stuff was out of place so like if we go to the robot yeah could, example yeah could i could i stop you for a second yeah, though yeah. I, I do have like a few points that i want to respond to you said i love how you're bringing up this idea of the world and how when it was first established and you were watching it you, you felt it was believable this was something that I actually didn't recognize as much the first time I saw this film. Okay. When, yeah, I first saw this film back in high school in my film study class. Yeah, this time I actually saw it in my film study. <laughs> and I didn't recognize how great this world felt. Um, Not necessarily in terms of like, oh, yeah, it was like homey and cozy. No, it was the exact opposite. But what I really liked is that it really felt like how you said it really felt believable. And I love the way it was shown. I love the way like it, it just felt like you were surrounded by it, especially like with the, the music, but also the way just like the lighting and the tone it set for you and the, all the ambience around is what really made it for me. And even like the old school computers that would show up, you know, with like this oh, yeah. no interface at all. Oh, right. And it was kind of uh, creepy because, you know, usually today we get this clean UI that, right. oh, it's very uh, user-friendly. Right. But their old computers are very much not that. Yeah. And it kind of added to this creepiness and like, oh. Uh, yeah, something else to it. Yeah. No, I really like, I totally agree with you with, with what you're saying about the world felt very believable because I, I completely agree. L everything from the Nostromo ship, the actual ship itself, when they landed on the planet... Mm -hmm. uh, like just that whole scene of the landing, you really felt like you were watching it and it was right, incredible. Like, and uh, I, I'm surprised that they were able to do that in 79. In 79, yeah. And it, it was incredible. Like, I, you know, you were looking at it and you were just like, all of this was miniatures. All, all of this was miniature work. And even like the beginning shots when we're seeing the, uh, the, the Nostromo itself and mm -hmm. we're going like this whole, similar to that in Star Wars, when we see that whole like pan, like this whole panning shot of, uh, yeah, of a ship, you know. I thought, it, I thought it was like a Star Wars. Yeah, very Star Wars esque, and obviously inspired by them. But everything felt like you were surrounded by this world, and I love that. And I, I can't believe I either I forgot or I just wasn't really paying attention to it as much then when I watched it my first time. It's, it's unreal how real it felt. It, it, it was, it was awesome. Like especially like how we said, yeah, it was from '79, and it did it so well in creating this world. I loved this world. That right. we felt it, definitely that we felt into it, and then the next thing um, that I wanted to bring up was, oh man, you you mentioned the world, and then uh, you it's basically the oh, something I character development and oh right no I don't think it was I don't think it was necessarily the characters you maybe, mentioned the world maybe the pace of the killings right there we go the pacing going back to the pacing I that is something I also didn't notice how fast it felt when i was watching it the second time around with you i was like wow these these it's moving very fast at this moment i didn't realize how fast it moved it moved so quickly especially when you know the alien got on board 
And then, you know, the first kill happened and then it seemed like the second one happened pretty quickly. But I actually really liked how, and you mentioned this a little bit too, how the beginning was slow and we got to build and understand the world uh, a little bit before we discovered the aliens before it started getting faster. I was reading when I was doing some research. I don't remember who said it. I could have been really Scott, the director, or could have been someone else. But they mentioned how the way they used and the intention behind it was to almost was to start off slow. And then I think it was the screenwriter, actually, their, their intention was to start off slow and build that pace. And then at a certain point, start ramping up the pace and almost back in back your audience into a corner. And it's like they can't escape. And that was the idea. You mentioned that it, you almost mentioned it to the idea of like you felt you felt almost like it was a almost like a a missed opportunity to explore deeper into character development. But I think the screenwriter did have the intention of basically what I'm trying to say is that there was an intent to it. There was a reason behind the pacing, and it was uh, in order to build a slow pace in the beginning and back the audience into a corner with speeding up everything else. And that was the idea of the fear. That was the fear that was supposed to come out of it. Uh, because like, if you're in any sort of, ex if you're in any sort of situation like that, where, uh, you're scared for your life or anything along those lines, there's a similar, there's a similar pattern there. You're just like in your normal pace, your everyday life. And then all of a sudden in just a moment's time, everything speeds up and then you got to react quickly. And in a lot of ways in those moments, you may not even react. You know, you may, you may, it's a, your fight or flight. You may react, you may not, uh, or you may try doing something. And I think that was the idea right there for its pacing. And if you went into character development, it would have changed the tone of what the that of what the film was supposed to bring. Not saying that it would have ruined it. It just said it would have changed the tone that they were going for. I I can definitely see that sort of tone now. It, that makes a lot more sense hearing that they wanted to uh, do that intentionally. That it was you know backing the audience into a corner. I can I can totally feel that through the through watching the film and right. how the the pace. Uh, you know, very much rapidly, you know, just goes forth. Yeah, it ramped up because I, I, I agreed. I agree with you because even when I first watched it, when we were watching it together, um, I also thought like you that it was a little too fast. I was like, I feel like they need to slow down a little bit because it was moving really quickly. Right. So when I read into that, though, I was like, OK, that makes a lot more sense to me and what they were trying to go for, because I didn't know the screenwriter's intent and and when I thought about it a little bit more, I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Cause uh, when I was watching it, I was like, there's gotta be a reason as to why they're going so fast. Cause it was moving rather quickly. And, uh, when I read into it, it made a lot more sense to me. I just think it's possible that they could have added, they could have added a little more impact by, so it's, it's almost as if they chose, okay, instead of getting to know the character, right. That they just kill it off kill them off beforehand so that, oh, it makes you kind of want to even connect with them because you never yeah. got a chance. Okay. But I argue that, is it possible that if we, they, you know, maybe tease the chance and then took it away, could have been a little bit more impactful, you know, like, oh, okay, we learned something about them to 
help our journey or our cause, mm. but then ended up, oh, they're dead, right? Do you think that could have added an impact to um, at least helping people be like, okay, this is a big loss towards it? Because I think I think because it uh, ramped up so fast, yeah, some of the deaths didn't feel as big as a cause because you know it was just boom, 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 boom. I didn't get a chance to. I guess, uh, mourn the death of, you know, the previous person. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of ways, I kind of feel like that was another, maybe this is the way I saw it. It almost could have been another point to, uh, since it is happening so fast and you can't really react to the deaths immediately or attend to them in a proper way. And you have to act quickly. It's a reflection of what the characters are feeling because the deaths were happening so quickly and you have to react in a moment's notice and for your life and the characters are feeling the exact same way when they had when when um when Kane died uh the first, when Kane was the first person who died it was a lot more slow they were able to uh, dispose of him properly it was easy but when the second one happened i think it was Brett i think Brett was the second one right when yeah. he when he when he died they didn't get to do it as cleanly and they were thinking of a ways in order to like do it just like how they did it with Kane and get him out into the, uh, to dispose of him properly and everything and do it prop and do it right. But obviously they didn't have this, that as much time this, uh, this time around. And I think that was the idea because we need to feel this too. We need to feel that too with them. And it's, I, when you were saying that, like, if they did take a little bit more time, technically we did get that more time with Kane. We even got that tease where, Kane uh came back with the the face hugger. Oh god, I hate that. I hate yeah, that's, I hate that's disgusting. That's that scene. And oh my god, that that's why Alien creeped me out like for so long and why I vow to never watch it again. Because I hate the face hugger. I absolutely hate the face hugger scene. I hate everything about it. Anyway, when when Kane came back when he had the face hugger on his face, uh uh there was a you know the moment when the face hugger was gone and everything, and it seemed like everything was okay. And, you know, he woke up, he was doing fine, and uh, we got that tease that it seemed like everything was okay and everything was going to go back to normal and that the the face hugger was dead. Everyone went back to eating. Everyone was having their good time and the laughs and everything. And it looked like, it seemed like we were about to get a little bit more character development. But then all of a sudden, things started going wrong again. Things started going wrong again. And... You know, shortly like shortly after he he died, and I think we got that tease, like how you were saying that it could have been like how we received it. I think we did receive it right then and there, and then the, the second time around, we didn't get that satisfaction. It was quick, and we had to react in a moment's notice, just like the characters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I definitely, I definitely see it in, in a different light uh, now. Um. Yeah, I I do still wish we could have had a little bit more, but like I definitely, I can definitely see the intent of where I was trying to do, and it, I can I can definitely say it probably did that effectively, you know, mm-hmm. and I I guess I'll give it props for that. Um, otherwise, though, like I still do have questions on like certain choices on why they even decided to do. Or take this route. For example, like okay, uh, the robot with Ash, right? It was, uh, uh, was his name. Yep, mm-hmm. um, Ian Holmes' character. Yeah, I was like, why did he turn out to be this like robot? The only thing I could 
like um I could like uh have an answer for my in my head was Yeah, go ahead. Um they wanted to add this implementation of the powers that be screwed us, you know, <laughs> and that's why he was there. And I, I just felt like as if we didn't need that extra subplot. Yeah. Subplot with it, because I think again, the beginning was very simple. Okay. We're just coming back from a mission. Yeah. And you know, we see some distress call, you know, of course we go for there. I don't think yes. we need to know whatever their mission was previously or who they're working for on, or what their motivations were for it. Right. Um, okay. I think, I think it's believable enough that, okay, we see this stuff. We want to find more information about it and that's it. You know, and it ends up killing the people. Right. Right. But this subplot of, okay. Ash is a robot. Yeah. Ash is a robot. Uh, the powers that be screwed us all. And you know why? It doesn't make sense for me. I agree too. I also thought that the Ash subplot as a robot was, I thought it was ridiculous. I, I actually forgot watching it again. I forgot that he was a robot. And then I was just like, oh, yeah. Like, with the way he was acting towards that moment when uh, uh, Ripley was trying to uh, get past him at one point and communicate with the others. When he was act- starting to act strange, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting to remember this now. And I don't remember how I felt about it then, but I definitely know how I feel about it now. And the I thought the subplot was was ridiculous. I yeah. thought it was dumb. I, maybe there's more to it. And yeah, like how you're saying that let's like, you know, the powers that be just screwed us. I really don't like it. I think it was unnecessary. And even the, uh, the screenwriter thought it was unnecessary as well. Right. See, it's interesting. So when I was looking more into alien, uh, the, the, the people who wrote, wrote the screenplay, like, okay, it's, it's a little confusing. Two people wrote the story, right? And they went through several drafts of the story. And the only reason why they went through several drafts is because when they brought it to uh, the the two other people at, I think it was at a 20th Century Fox, if I'm not mistaken. When they brought it to those two people, they had then the original writers rewrite it like eight times. So basically the the... Not necessarily the producers, but... Or actually, I think it might have been the producers. I'm not exactly sure, but... Um, it was rewritten like eight times. Okay. And by th- by that point, it was basically completely... It was completely different. And well, I guess not in its entirely, but thing, a, lot of, a lot of things had changed. And the original screenwriters were a little bit upset because they felt like the other two people had messed it up and they never made it any better. And uh, they were the ones who added the Ash subplot for uh in 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 alien because in the original script it didn't have it there was no ash subplot and one of the original screenwriters said had he he actually said that he liked the ash subplot while the other one didn't and uh i agree with the i agree with uh his uh his name is uh dan o'bannon if i'm not mistaken and i agree with o'bannon in that fact because I was just like, yeah, I, I don't think I think it was completely unnecessary. There was really no point to getting this. I this like what, what what was the what was the reasoning behind Ash being a robot? Right? Couldn't he just been like some sort of bad guy, or you know, like he's he's gonna choose for science above all people, or something like that? It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me that uh, there would be a robot on board and nobody would know 
Again, yeah. The only the only uh, explanation would be the powers that be screwed us, and is like, was that really necessary at that point in time? I think the bigger threat was this unknown of the alien. There was a moment actually, though, in the movie where Parker mentioned something. I think it was Parker. He mentioned something about how they uh, ended up switching, uh, like, because I think Ash was like the. He was the ship's science officer mm-hmm. and he was replaced like that, like a couple oh, of days before right, they went right. out. That's right. So that, that little piece of information was a little bit sketchy. And that was basically, I think the only bit of info that we got explicit info that we got to maybe some, maybe something's up with Ash. Yeah. Cause obviously we could tell that there was something up with him when that first group who the, with the first group who went out to go investigate the planet. Right. You just let them go once they lost communication with them. And usually somebody would be like, you know, come back, come back. Exactly. Know? And he just let them go into the abyss. Right. Right. And, um, but even then, even though there were clues set out there to see like, Oh yeah, something's up with Ash, but I don't know if it was, nece- I don't know if it was necessary. I think the alien was enough. And in a lot of ways though, it does make, it brings more tension. It brings more tension for, the story do you think so i don't i don't think so i don't well think- I, well well it, i think i think it does because really the only issue the only reason why they're here is because of ash following quote unquote the book right and following those rules but we didn't need to have that whole thing happen well well the thing is though is that let's think about it in this way what if ash hadn't been there and Remember how Lambert was saying that, like, oh, let's get out of here, guys. So right. like, she was obviously saying, you know, let's just get out of here. This is this place right. is freaky. And I think at that point, they it would have just been like, okay, roll the credits, movie's over. And like, think about it. I think without Ash, there would if we didn't have anyone pressuring the crew to stay there past the the time where they just needed to fix up the ship from their landing. I think I I don't think uh, we would have. We would have never discovered the alien and whatnot. I don't think any of that stuff would have happened without Ash pressuring them to go uh, investigate. No, I, I disagree. I think uh, once you heard a distress call, you're gonna check it out, right? I think I think humans. I think it's more believable that humans are curious enough to like, okay, let's check it out at the very least. So they're on their way back. They woke up, you know, like. They they knew that um, the only reason why they would ever wake up uh, mid flight was because they heard something, something was wrong. Yeah, something was wrong. So if something's wrong, I think it's believable that people are going to check it out and see. You know, basically till they're creeped out, right? And okay. I don't think just one singular person saying, "Oh, I'll just leave," you know, would have been okay. That's enough, right? Because I think I think the other two men, Dallas and uh, what's his name, the other one. The one who got the uh, oh cane, a cane. cane. I think they're curious enough to like, okay, let's just continue on without the need for Ash to interfere with their stuff, right? Okay, because they could, they had plenty of chances out there to turn back, but they didn't. It wasn't Ash press, pressuring them at that's, all. That's true. He's just like, okay, lost communication, you know, right? Uh, I, I again, it was. I think it was more believable to check out what was happening without the fact. Ash's uh, whole robotic change midway through. Okay, yeah, sure. I, I could definitely agree with that. Like, I think we, the thing we could both agree on is the fact that that robot subplot was n- unnecessary. Yeah, just plain weird. Yeah, it shouldn't have been there. You even mentioned earlier as well 
with like how you felt like kind of towards the end things started to feel a little bit i don't know i don't know if you i don't know if you said rushed but more so like it just kind of felt out of place i agree but what i'm referring to is is that like that final act when ripley escapes the nostromo and she's on the narcissist which okay. is the which is the uh the escape pod that she right. went on yeah and basically that entire bit I think we could have cut that all out. I think so too. I think her escaping was plenty enough, and right. we could have ended the film. We right didn't there. need this final bit with the al- this showdown with the alien. Yeah, we did not need that inside the narcissist. I, th- I, I, I don't think we needed. I it. think the only reason was kept there just because okay, humans overcame the alien, right? And right. it's finished. Right. Uh-huh. I think that's really it. But. Because if she just, you know, escaped, you know, oh, the alien quote-unquote one, quote-unquote, you know, without, like, a final battle. So they added this bit so they could have a final battle. But, like, I think mm. it was unnecessary to the to the horror aspect. I don't think, okay, so you have your overpowered presence there already. Yes. Let's just leave it at that, you know? Like, we can't win, quote-unquote, and just leave it at that. And I think the biggest thing that makes me mad about the whole uh, final battle is the fact that the alien was even inside the the ship, the escape yeah. the escape ship. It doesn't make sense. Like yeah, they agree. would never know. It's you know relevant to this uh, uh plan, right? Exactly. This is other being that has no clue what, you know, oh, I should hide and wait for the protagonist to get in here but, until, you know, oh, they're gonna blow up the ship. They had no clue. Right, but though but the big bigger issue is is that they weren't like just hiding and waiting. They were asleep. Right. The it's alien like, was asleep. It's like so. Yeah, it's just like out of all places, it would just it felt it felt kind of cheap. And what's surprising is is that Ridley Scott actually liked this this last bit that uh, he was he 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 liked this last like final moment. It was it was added. He actually asked the producers after Alien was only shot over fourteen weeks. And oh wow! Really? Yeah, it was only shot over fourteen weeks. It shot from like June to October of nineteen seventy eight. And he actually asked for a little bit of time, extra time to add in that last scene or that last act, if you will. And, uh, and it was, and they got the go ahead and we're mm. just like, I'm just like, oh man, they, I wish it wasn't there. I wish that that whole last moment was just Ripley escaping and that like, that was it. Or, or actually maybe making that final call, like her escaping and making that final call saying that she was the last survivor of the Nostromo mm-hmm. and call it, call it a quits. Right. And I thought, I was just like, that whole last bit, I just really didn't like. We really could have cut that whole thing. It, it, it was it was annoying that it just kept going at that moment. And I was just like, no, no, no. In the original, uh, Ridley Scott actually wanted the alien to to eat Ripley's head off. He actually wanted this the alien to tear off Ripley's head and then the alien to make the call back to Earth, I'm assuming. Mm. That that uh in 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 Ripley's voice right. that she was the last survivor and the alien was gonna like mimic her like voice or something. Right, and then go to Earth, quote unquote. That's actually a little bit a little bit interest, more interesting. But the, it was denied by the producers. The producer course, said, no, we're not course, doing that. Of course. We're not doing that. That actually would have been very interesting had they do, uh, they done that. It would have been much more grim, much more like scary and just like a... That would have definitely maybe be like, I'm not watching this movie again. Like the only... For the, the whole, you know, the ending plot, the added bit. Yeah. 
uh, I thought it was only there because, okay, she's not going to escape. It's going to be like a sad ending where everybody, you know. Oh, everyone dies? Everyone dies. And I thought, okay, uh, since the movie's continuing, everybody's got to die then, you know? Sure. And I think the fact that that wasn't the case was kind of weird because, okay, why couldn't we just beat the alien on the regular ship to begin with? Again, it was yeah. just this like, is this tease that, okay, we, we made it, I guess, but then we didn't make it. I, that felt very cheesy. Maybe, again, like you said before, at, at this point, maybe it wasn't cliche, but that felt very cliche today. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, totally. we, we almost escaped. And then, yeah. But then, it was kind of weird because they did actually escape. You know, I don't know. Right. It was, it was again, one of those like, huh, moments. Yeah. I just, I couldn't imagine had like Ripley actually died right there. It would have been so disturbing. That ending would have been completely disturbing and uh, would have been effective, I think, for sure. But uh, was it the right move? No, I don't yeah. think. I think it was the right idea that the producer said, "No, we are not doing that. We're not killing. We're not just going to kill off Ripley like that." Right. They wanted to have that, you know, that happy ending that and that she survives. Yeah, um, I, I wanted her to survive, but maybe yeah, me too. Maybe we could have done like a different way to do the final battle instead of okay, let's yeah. escape onto there. Maybe we could have just had some. I don't know, some other showdown on the ship. I don't know. I didn't like it. I think had it been cut, I would have been okay with that. Um, I would have been okay with that. You know how, so you were mentioning during the film as well, how like when Dallas was, you know, investigating and going through the air shafts of the Nostromo mm -hmm. and how like the alien was like going through too in the, in, in the air shafts. Uh, you know how you mentioned like when, when Dallas saw the alien, you mentioned like, oh, you know, he's not dead because we never actually yeah, saw yeah. like a body. No body. No there's body. no confirmation that he's actually dead. And then once everything happened, they're like, oh, the ship blew up. Okay, maybe he's dead. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's dead now. Uh, if he wasn't dead then, then he's definitely yeah, dead he's now. he's definitely dead now. Well, what's interesting is what is that you're actually semi-right. You're actually, you're actually half right that he is still alive. Um, as really? I was doing research, wow. um, yeah, yeah, which, which is kind of cool. And now oh, we need to really, uh, we need to go back and watch this. So there was a deleted scene, um, that there was a deleted scene in where, when Ripley was, um, going to escape, she actually, I don't know if it was like during the, when she had to go back for Jones, the cat. Um, oh, that's another point. We'll get yeah. Into. Yeah. There was, there was somewhere, it was somewhere around there. I'm assuming when she was making her escape, she saw both Parker and Dallas and they're basically like in like these, like uh, almost similar to like the alien eggs they were being like fed off of essentially. Mm. And there's a deleted scene apparently that we need to watch. Cause I haven't seen this. There's a, there's a deleted scene though, where basically like they're being fed off of like, like uh, the alien or something. I think it's another bear hugger or something like that. Or they're like encasing some egg, but uh, Dallas is actually being Dallas is still alive. Um, it's basically similar to to what happened to Kane. It looks like he's being like fed off of something, mm. but he's still alive. Um, so he he didn't actually die, but he's being like fed off, and it's not, and well, we're not exactly sure if like he is alive or not. So what happens is she just she she sees them, and I think she has like a I think she sees them for a brief moment. And she tries to like uh, talk with them. I think. But then she ends up just like going to escape again. It, it was something along those lines. Okay. And uh, what's funny though is that the actor who played Dallas, he said 
that he was glad that it was deleted because he thought it didn't make sense. And this actually goes back to when you were talking about the whole character development. He said that Rip, that in in context with what what the theatrical release was, um, because he said that like it didn't make any sense for her to go have like this like heart to heart with both Dallas and Parker right. when she's trying to escape. And he said that like it would have it would have changed the pace, it would have slowed it down, and that's not what it was supposed to be at that moment in time. It was supposed to be fast. Okay, and we weren't supposed to get more character development. And I guess that like scene was just, maybe it would have been okay if it was placed somewhere else, but in the moment it was misplaced. And uh, so when you mentioned they're like, oh, Dallas isn't dead. And you're technically right. <laughs> uh, so he technically isn't dead. It was just, he was, a, he was in a deleted scene that we didn't actually see. Yeah, nobody, they're not dead, uh, you know? But yeah, technically Dallas is alive. Well, not after the... Right, not after the ship blows yeah, up. Yeah, not after the ship blows up, but... Uh, fun fact for I, I was also looking into Nostromo because when I looked into when I heard the name of the uh, the ship and even seeing on like on the jackets that Dallas had I was just like oh man I really need a Nostromo jacket just like Dallas because I really love the jackets and I love how the backs is Nostromo on it <laughs> but I was curious as to what Nostromo meant and it's actually Italian for uh shipmate or uh um bosun which is uh, just another term for the officer for a ship and basically meaning like the person who has like the authority like the officer on the uh the ship with the main authority hmm. and it actually makes a lot of sense to the story um which is pretty neat let's talk about let's talk about the music what i really liked about the music is the fact that it was i love how ambient and felt i love how it wasn't we had some melodic moments but it kind of felt like for the most part it was like kind of sounds right it was it was more like sounds i think i think i wish there was more uh impactful music throughout the the film because i felt like a lot of it was um yeah like i could i could it it made sense for like like background stuff i don't think anything got really like too intense for me if that makes sense i think Maybe because uh, we just watched The Shining and it kind of like, you know, skewed my level. But like, oh, yeah, it was I, very different from The when, Shining. When we watched The Shining, you know, I was very much like uh, stuff stood out to me and it was very much, oh, you know, why this instrument at this uh, moment in time? And for Alien, everything felt like, okay, it made sense. But in some ways, nothing really stood out to me uh, throughout the film. Like, okay, it, it makes sense for, for these uh, moments in time. But I feel maybe stuff could have been like possibly louder. I don't know if that's a, a good assessment, but like I didn't feel as if anything was like too scary, you know? Like, yeah, like I was like, oh, you know, it like jumped up, you know? Maybe for like the cat when it came out of the thing, like I. I was like, oh, it's just the cat, right? Oh, yeah. But like, you know, nothing really made myself like, uh, you know, uh, bolt, you know, jump up, you know? Yeah. Um, speaking on the, the score, apparently they they had a guy, you know, well, obviously they had someone score it. Yeah, obviously. But it's similar to when we, you know how you mentioned H2O the last time when we talked through The Shining. So similar, a similar thing happened where he made a score, but... By the time it came to post-production, they ended up changing it a, qu- a little bit. Mm. And they 
essentially not not changing it more so they they took out um pieces that he had wrote and what's interesting is that the person who edited the film i I think his name was terry rollins he he uh actually took music that this the guy who composed the the uh music he took music from other of his other films that he composed and used it for alien like two or three pieces he took music from other films that he had composed and put it inside alien which is really strange because i've never heard someone doing that before well, were they uh, popular films? I guess I assume not. I don't. I don't. I don't think so because I'm not exactly sure where they came from. Mm. But they were from different films of of his. Uh, so I was just like, "Oh, that's, that's really interesting." That's weird. That's like I thought so too. Uh, but basically, what they did is that they took some of the music that he that he wrote away because um, I don't know if you know, but like, during, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. still. I'm still like. Uh, thinking about like why would he why would that person use old music like that because what if somebody recognized it oh and placed themselves to that area and wherever it was originally from right and that would just like completely destroy your belief in the world right there that's uh that's a risky move i i feel yeah i i thought the same thing i was just like wow that's really strange uh like like i said i don't i don't know i'm not exactly sure but uh, they ended up taking pieces of his score out, and they used uh, the temp film score. They used the temp score. Um, so basically, like the you know the the music that's basically the acts as a placeholder before they get the real music. So uh, Ridley Scott really liked uh, some of the temp score, and he really wanted to keep some of that. So they ended up keeping it, and. Uh, put uh, bits and pieces of um, uh, Goldsmith, the guy, Jerry Goldsmith, the guy who did the score for Alien. They kept some of Goldsmith, Goldsmith's score uh, in the film, and you can hear, like, in certain areas. But in, like, uh, like years later, in, um, you know, like, DVD releases of Alien, uh, they ended up having, like, both scores that you can listen to isolated, you can listen to the original Alien score, and you can also listen to the one that was for the theatrical release. Uh, but they ended up ke- they kept some of the temp score, and they also kept uh, some of Goldsmith's pieces that he wrote. So it was like a mixture of the two, and that's what they ended up doing, which is pretty interesting. I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty effective. I thought it really it did a good job with uh, giving like this depth to the world. Like literally, like I I, literally, I think that it felt like it was just very ambient and very, very big. Uh, Yeah, like that's probably the best way I can describe it. Very atmospheric. And I loved that. It it, it was very, it was silent in a lot of moments too. Like I loved how loud the, the, uh, the Nostromo sounded when it was getting ready to land on, onto the planet and I love how like we were going back and forth between like inside the ship and then uh, like outside at the planet. And it felt like so different because there was so much noise going on in the ship when they were trying to land and whatnot. And then when you're uh, when they were about to land on the planet, it just felt like everything was like uh, getting claustrophobic. And it felt like almost like the air was so uh, like it was like 
pressing against the entire ship. It felt like that for me because that's like what the the score did for me. It just kind of felt like it was uh, pressing down on me and stressing me out in that way because it was really focusing on the the atmospherics. I thought. Yeah, I think I think everything like fit into its proper place throughout the film, and I think they use a lot more background ambience to display their world and like oh you could hear the the typing of the computer you know the right. the, the buttons of the uh starship and all these uh little noises that most people probably wouldn't like uh think of when they uh you know were able to like put into the movie right it's just it's just those uh, stuff you usually forget and everything felt like it worked throughout the whole film to give that sort of uh, feeling that they wanted to feel at, at certain points. And it was, uh, so it's, it's somewhat like, you don't want to say, Oh, it's forgetful, but in some ways it's meant to be that way. But mm. uh, obviously it was, it's intentional. Cause if, if it wasn't there, you, you would immediately see that. It, oh, something's wrong here. Right. And you, yeah, exactly. You would notice it. Cause even as simple as when Ripley was, uh, getting ready to start the the detonation sequence of the Nostromo, like the one sounds of of the I, I forgot what they had to use in order to like uh to start the sequence because she asked Parker and Lambert to grab some I don't know what it was she asked them to grab them to grab like a bunch of things in order to start the sequence I forgot what it was because that's what. That's what runs. No, that the, was for the sequence. I thought that was for uh, just to escape. I think it was. For, I think it was for both. Oh, because she said she did, that the narcissist needed that in order to like run for a while. Yeah, to run like for that. a while or something. But like the sounds of when she had to pull those things up. Oh, those uh, golden rods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like it was such a satisfying sound. Right. You got to think that, like, you know, that those sounds aren't there. Like, right. someone, what, do they, what do those sound like? Uh, you know, like yeah. trying to think of exactly how, how it's supposed to be and. Someone has to think of what those like are supposed to sound like, and I thought it was so satisfying. I right. thought it worked, even as simple as something of like, whenever like Dallas went to go speak to Mother, he would have to like swipe that card, and mm-hmm. he would have to do like certain things. Like if you heard the sounds right there, oh man, it was very well done with that right. sound design. Right. Even like when he has to go inside, like when the door opens, there's like this this sequence that plays. I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it feels almost like this weird computer like futuristic type sound and like how do you describe that in (laughs) order to to create something like that and i think yeah like how you're saying that like you know uh it is a forgetful thing but if it wasn't there you would notice right and uh yeah i thought it was really cool i i noticed that a lot when i was watching the when i was watching again i noticed i really picked up on the sounds i i didn't realize how good they were when the first time i watched it so as I was watching, I'm just like, "Oh, that's really nice. It's very subtle, but it's effective." Mm-hmm. So, I I liked that a lot. All right, we got okay. Let's talk about uh, uh, let's talk about Jones. Unless if you wanted to mention something else first. Oh, the cat. Yeah, the cat. Uh, I feel like maybe because I'm just not a cat person, right? <laughs> How dare um, you? <laughs> um, I'm just like. Why did they risk their lives for this cat? <laughs> like, hey. if it was a dog, maybe I would have been like, okay, we gotta save the dog, right? But maybe just because I'm not a cat person, I'm like, 
let's just go. We wait. They wasted time searching for it. In my opinion, again, maybe just because I'm not a cat person. I, I th- <laughs> so okay. So I think this has looking at this from nothing to do with like if it was a cat or a dog. I I do agree that um yeah I, I do agree that it felt like kind of a, a waste of time. I'm not exactly sure why the cat's there. Maybe it's just one more thing to think about, but I don't think so. I think it might be something deeper where maybe, I don't know if it was really Scott or maybe it was a screenwriter or someone. Someone must have thought that we need to incorporate an animal. But why? Well, he, here, uh, this, this is the reason why, I think. Um, we need to incorporate an animal simply because people, if the audience, for example, had an animal and if they were in the same situation Ripley was... More than likely, they're gonna they're gonna try to save their their pet. Well, you know, if they're attached to them in some way, and I'm guessing it was Ripley's because I don't think we ever know whose cat it is. I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think we ever know. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think we ever know. But I think I think it's just one more thing to think about. But more, it's more so about getting the audience to feel another another uh, have like another outlet of tension and being able to feel. I don't know if it was meant to be like relatable in any way or just to feel another another moment of tension, but I will agree that like we could have cut it. But I mean, when I was watching, I was feeling tense because it's like, no, don't go back for the cat. Don't go back for the cat. Uh, like you just need to escape right now. Like why are you going to go back for? I don't know. I just feel like, I don't want to say it. Like I, I this, is probably, this is probably too harsh, but like it, it felt as if they were making purposely bad decisions just for the sake of intensifying the action if that makes sense in my eyes it's kind of like uh it's just it's just it it makes it seem unnecessary yeah no i totally agree with you i think i i think we could have just done away with it because i don't i i don't think it really added a a lot besides the fact of well maybe Maybe it could be this because notice how like Jones is the one who lives as well. Like Ripley and Jones are the only two who live and who survive. And it could be another thing how you said, uh, you know, how like, you know, the the power screw screw us all or whatever. This could be another idea of like the, the idea that pets are more that animals are more pure than humans and that we needed to. There's this underlying uh, message of that that animals are sacred and we must keep saving them at all costs <laughs> and we can dispose of humans. Uh, what? Possibly. <laughs> what? No, I don't, I don't think it was at all necessary for the cat to be there. No, like I, I, I like, I think I would, I think I would agree with you. I'm just trying to think of a, an, uh, like a reason as to why Jones was placed here. And th- that's one of the reasons I can think of is just this, I just, just to give off this idea that, uh, that humans are are, are corrupt. I, th- I think and it, we got to save the animals, I think, man. I think you're thinking way too deeply about this. Probably. I think they literally put the cat in there for Just, attention. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, purpose to get rid of or start the killing with the first uh, character. You know, wandering off by alone, uh, and then give our our main character a reason to go back into more harm. Yeah, yeah. that's literally it. I think. Or the cat. So then why have Jones live? It doesn't matter if he lives or dies. You sure? Yeah, I was like, why have him die? 
I guess. So, so yeah, as I said, that Jones is basically a plot device. It, it, Jones is just a plot device, more than likely, uh, is probably the explanation. I agree. When I was, like, watching those scenes, it's like, yeah, I think, I don't what's, think we need a what's, what's a cat doing up in space anyway? Hey, maybe cats can no. be explorers, too. <laughs> they were on a mission. They were talking about contracts and getting paid at the beginning. Why would they uh, have another cat on there for, like, uh... For their own, I guess, to feel closer to home, maybe. <laughs> there was hey, there's other humans there. This is true. I don't know. It's a plot device. They're asleep for most of their journey anyway. You know who's feeding Jones? Yeah, so <laughs> who's we, feeding Jones? Oh wait, no, ten, wait. Well, technically, uh, isn't Jones also in the sleep capsules too? Oh yeah, probably because Ripley put yeah. Jones into the capsule towards the end. So yeah, it made no sense to me. Yeah, I'll agree. With, I'll agree. I'm more than likely. Jones was simply a plot device. Yeah. So, yeah. So, would you recommend Alien? Ah, oh, man. I think it's a good it's a good film for people to see, especially for someone who like who's never seen obviously for someone who's never seen it, but for like as as in that horror sci-fi horror film, I think it's a must. Uh this is one of I think this is one of those movies where I enjoy watching it with someone who is watching it for the first time. Okay. I wouldn't rewatch I wouldn't rewatch <laughs> this for the sake of rewatching. Like again, I don't I think like yeah, again, I don't I don't want to watch this movie again. Like right. I, I feel I, the same way as I did when I watched it back in high school. I feel the exact same way. It still freaks me out and I don't want to watch it again unless whoever I'm watching it with has never seen the movie and it would be interesting to see their take on it and seeing like how scared they get about it. Uh, but for the most part, yes, I recommend it, but I would really not like, I would really not want to watch this again. Right. At the beginning when we don't know where this alien is and uh, what's supposed to be, that was pretty uh, uh, disturbing. I would say it was like, Oh my God, this thing on his face. And then eventually oh, just God. coming out of him. Don't want to uh, see that again. Cause that's, that's too much gore for me, okay? <laughs> uh, hey. And I think overall, as like a recommendation, even though I, I guess, uh, challenged this film at the beginning and, you know, saying that, oh, you know, why this and what's that, I do, I, I do want to say that I still enjoyed it, right? And I can respect where it came from, uh, you know, at the time and uh, what it's done for the whole uh, sci-fi horror genre. Yeah. And I would recommend people actually watching it. I, yeah, I agree. But also in the same way, manage your expectations in the sense that this is the starting point of the whole journey to what it, you know, it can be. And I guess just don't expect, I guess something to the level where you're going to, I guess feel too much because it's going to be taken away so quickly, I guess. Yeah. And in that realm, I do recommend people seeing this. It's a, it's like a must uh, watch for just, again, the uh, world building at just the oh, beginning, yeah. the pacing and uh, what, how we can just set. I think, I think the biggest takeaway from Alien is world building that's oh yeah that's, for sure that's the biggest thing i want to say and then eventually like how we go from there uh so if you want to watch alien watch it for uh world building and then maybe 
or obviously for the whole horror aspect, horror, whole uh, sci-fi and how it can mm-hmm. uh, intensify the unknown uh, outer space worlds. Right. Yeah, because when you once you watch this, you don't you don't feel you don't feel like you're anywhere where you know in a place that you recognize mm-hmm. in a place that you're familiar with. And I love that. I love how it builds its world so well. I totally agree. Yeah, um, it wasn't even like uh, that long to build it too. You know, it was right? Just, it was just it was quick. Yeah, just uh, basic camera movements to showcase you know where they're at and. Not too much dialogue in the sense that we needed to listen to every single thing. Yep, that too. But it was it was it built to okay. What are the rules for this uh, place? And it was very much consistent in there. Yeah, that was definitely the one of the first things that I thought of after watching. That would be the only reason why I would want to own it as well is i don't it. i don't it. oh yeah totally just because i respect it so much yeah i would definitely own it but basically the only reason for me is to just get back into the world as much as i really as much as i i i I, like as much as i dislike and uh and fearful of the world because it freaks me out or or i guess more so like the the alien the bear hugger is the thing that freaks me out more yeah. than anything yeah so basically like just being freaked out by that is something that i just don't want to i don't want to uh experience again right but i really do but like another part of me really does want to experience the world again because i like the world i like the world that it's built even though it's like it is creepy and everything but like it yeah even if i didn't like it um it's still it's still pulling me in uh but man Ah, oh, God. I don't know. Like, still, still to this day, it just freaks me out seeing the scene when the uh, the alien just rips out of, uh, comes out of Kane's che- uh, stomach. Oh, God. I hate that scene so yeah, much. Yeah, I don't like this. And, like, either. even the scene when they, when uh, Kane any, finds any, the egg. Anything oh my like God. that. It's just, no, it's like, too much. It's like, that's like red flags. Get out of there. Yeah, get out of there. Like, don't stay there. It's funny that we're mentioning this, though, because I looked into, uh, you know, like how the screenwriter uh, wrote the the script. But um, I also learned how he discovered uh, the person who did the art, who did the who did the concept art for uh, Alien. And when he discovered him. He instantly, he was like absolutely disgusted and disturbed by the guy's art because it was like, it was very disturbing. Even the person who designed, if I'm not mistaken, the person who designed the concept art for the the, uh, face hugger was also the person who designed the ship as well. Uh, So it came from the same guy's mind. But basically when he saw the, when he saw the concept art. He was disturbed. And he said, because this guy didn't just do the concept art for the film. He was just an artist and he saw... Uh, other like works of art that he had done. Mm-hmm. And when he saw it, he was just like, the only words that it could come up in his mind were disgusting and disturbing, but he knew it was the right person right. to do, uh, to it, do it, uh, Alien. It was the right person. It was the right person. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It's funny because even when really Scott met him, he even knew, he said that once I met him, I knew that the biggest problem with the film had been solved. <laughs> like, so just like, oh man, because like that was the biggest thing is like, how do we make everything look? And he said that that was the biggest problem, and it was solved because we had that guy. Wow. Uh, so, oh my gosh, it was. It is. If you're queasy in any way, 
good luck watching this I film. I said, this isn't that no, bad it's, either. It, it, but, it isn't. It but isn't. what is shown is very much like... It's, uh, uh, it's yeah. disturbing. It's just like, you don't want to look at it. No. It's hard to look yeah, at. No. So, yeah, definitely a, definitely a creepy film. Freaks me out. Oh, man. I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. It's filled with uh, creepy ambience, aliens, obviously, bad decisions, plot devices. But overall, I think it was a pretty, I think it was a pretty solid film for its world building, and it's, um, and it, and it, and it keeps you there. So, I uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Don't know if you're gonna, I'll be able to watch it again after your first viewing, but at least at least watch it one time. Right. At least watch it once. Right. So. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode of Ridley Scott's 1979 Alien, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast, and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to The End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you, and goodbye.